Welcome to The Build Show, the only show that can have its cake and eat it, too. I'm Anthony. And I'm Zach. And we are talking about cake today, apparently. Yep. Um, did you have cake recently? No, actually, I have a birthday card next to me that has cake on it. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, that's good. It's got little walnuts on it, actually. It's a cake with walnuts. Oh, that's exciting. You know those little flaky nuts? That's an exciting cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what does that like actually look like, having your cake and also eating it? What does it look like? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. How would you how would you do that? Well, you probably would. Well, you would take it, and then I would hide it. So I would have like a secret underground freezer or fridge, and then eat it. Sure. And then I'd probably hear theme music Naturally. in the background. Oh, okay, that's what the refrigerator sounds like, right? Theme music, exactly. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. We thank you for the grace of your Son dying for our sins and uniting us to you. We thank you for the gift of the Mass and the Eucharist. We ask you to help open our eyes to the grace that we receive during the Mass. When we receive the Eucharist, help us to be more aware of your presence. Help us to share this faith with one another and to inspire one another to deeper love in relationship with you. Mother Mary, we ask you to lead us to your Son as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Germain. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Anthony, it has been like two weeks since we've actually released an episode. It's been a good bit of time. We've been a little busy. It's been a little wild. Just, just, a, just a little bit. Yeah. Also, I noticed my microphone was set to the wrong setting, so it was a hundred percent when I was yelling into it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That sound extra, extra crispy. So, as Peyton would say. Sorry yeah. about you guys in the past. But Zach, how's your your two weeks been? You've you've been flying all over the place. Samarin's been out of town, so. Yeah, it's been it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, let's see. My family came up for the weekend. Um, a couple weekends ago, that was a lot of fun. We got to play some disc golf, which was de- which is a blast. Um, we definitely, uh, I think I won actually both times. Nice. We played two courses. Um, we ran into, we tried to go into one course, but there was a tournament on Saturday and Sunday, so both times we tried to go over. We couldn't play, and we were like, "Dang it! There's too many good people here." Um, <laughs> and then, so we tried two other courses, and they were both great. Um, got to eat at some good restaurants. We got to just kind of hang out. It was a blast. Um, and then we also got to myself and three other seminarians. We rode the train from Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon, um, and spent the day there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, like it was a really, really cool train ride. And then just being at the Canyon was a lot of fun. Um, one of the, a generous parishioner at San Francisco de Asis had given us a large sum of money just to just kind of use it on an adventure. And so we ate at a fancy restaurant and we, you know, riding the train obviously. And then it was just a lot of fun. And then riding the train back, it was like a themed train ride. And so at one point, the train had to stop because we were getting robbed. It was a train robbery. And so you had the horses and the, the cowboys kind of hop on the train or whatever. So it was a lot of fun. Um, that was a couple weekends ago. And then uh, this weekend, I was at St. Germain's, which is a relatively new parish. I think it's like a year old um, in Prescott Valley. The dedication mass was today. So we had Bishop Olmsted out there for mass. Um, it was myself, one other seminarian, and a couple of altar servers. 
um, Father John Mir was there and one of the deacons. Um, and so we were just kind of, we served the mass and it was a lot of fun. Um, Bishop did the thing where he like poured the oil on the altar and there was a lot of incense everywhere and it was just a lot of cool prayers and stuff like that. So that was today. And then, um, what else? Tonight is the Suns game. If you're listening to this tomorrow and they've won, yay. If they haven't, then they better win the next game. And uh, tomorrow's also Nick, my younger brother's birthday. So there's a lot going on. It's been a lot of fun. I cannot forget to text your brother to tell him happy birthday. Nice. Or you could tell him tonight since you're going to see the game. True. Good point. Nice, nice. And how about you? Anti-mustard for you. So a little wild, a little crazy stuff happening. But so for my birthday, me and my family did an escape room. Oh, yes, I transitioned Ooh. from 18 to 19 uh, a couple days ago. But we did an escape room, and it's all of my family's first uh, go at an escape room. And so, you know, Good gracious. We, we had a little bit of a different style. Um, we didn't have a, a person like we didn't, we didn't have a person like Zach who keeps everyone organized or like, you know, hey, well, that's not necessary. let's not break this. <laughs> so we... It, oh. it was. It was actually a time machine themed escape room, and we had to to basically find little little parts of the time machine and basically and put it back together. And at the very end, we had like three minutes left, and we we're all frantically trying to figure out this last clue to get this this little piece. And the way we put it back together is there were these little cylinders with some speedometers that were on the top of the cylinders, and there was four holes that we had to slide those cylinders into, <laughs> and. And then in the time machine, then we also had this random block. I don't know why they gave us a block. Like we had, we literally had this like archway block thing that also had to go to the time machine. So throughout the course of our franticness, there was ten of us. Um, we had got the so we got the little cylinder with the spawners. We got we had three of them, and we had four holes. And there's three minutes left, and we have the block, we have the cylinders, and we're freaking out because we're like, where's where's our other cylinder? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So where, we had it, where to go? Yeah. And because we had only remembered finding three. So we're like, we go and get the little glow stick. Because you know the glow stick that if you break, um, you're, you're going to, um, that you break it, you get 10 extra minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my mom's like, let's, we got to break that. Because like, we don't even know where the heck, like, we, didn't, we had got no other clues to where this other cylinder is. Like, where the heck is it? And we go break the glow stick and the people type in like, they say, I don't think you need it. And we're like, what? Like, why don't? Why don't you think we need it? And like, hello. And so they type in like, put the sticks and the brick in the time machine. Like people were doing that. Like, we're, like where do we put it? We put it in. And we're like, well, maybe we're missing a stick. There was this decoration over um, on the table. There was like a copper pipe and it had some blocks on it. And my dad read the, the hint as put the stick with the blocks in the time machine. And so my dad takes the stick that is attached to the table and he's like, oh, here it is. And like, I don't know how, I, I had already broken it off earlier, but he like pulled a stick and pulled all the blocks off, sticks the stick inside of this hole, but, and the stick is smaller than, like in, in, um, smaller in diameter than all the other cylinders. So yeah. it just like falls in the hole and then it falls and it gets stuck where it's like, we can't pull it out. We're like, hey, like, it's not working. We're just yelling up at the camera like, it's not working. It's, it's like, it's, it's stuck in there. So, like, the lady literally pauses the timer at 125, like, with one minute and 25 seconds left, walks in, and she's looking at this, and she goes, how did you guys get that in there? She was like, how? How did? She's, like, trying to wrench it out, like, and everything is 
it's it's good as stuck. Like you can't you not get it out. And then yeah, she points over at the drawer that we opened like thirty minutes ago, and she's like, "Oh yeah, and here's the other the other actual thing that you were supposed to get out, like the little the, with the little speedometer." She goes, and then you put them in here, and then that's where the block goes. And she goes, "When I mean, you put them all in the the time machine, makes a little some noises and like lights up a little bit." She's like, "But because the stick is stuck in there, we couldn't make it make the noise." And she goes, "You guys basically won." She's like, "You guys got it." <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. It was like, I nice. think the only, the only family that broke the escape room. That's fun. We've yeah. definitely broken escape rooms before, though. Like, when, when I go with my family, we used to go with our family. Or when, I think it was just one room we did. My family and another family, we, there was a skeleton hanging in the room. And I think twice we took it off the wall and it, like, or, like, fell and broke or something. <laughs> and, like, we were clearly not supposed to move the skeleton. There was even a sign that said, do not remove skeleton. And we still managed to break it twice. So, oh I mean, you were not the only one to do that, for sure. But we should that totally is, do some more escape rooms. They're a lot of fun, honestly. They really are. Yeah, if you guys haven't done escape rooms, you guys should totally try it. For sure. It's a good puzzle, a good challenge. Sometimes you have a fear of death. Would you say that if you had lost, it would have been a form of martyrdom? I mean, you had a different segue than I did, but yes, I would say, <laughs> I would say, absolutely. No, well, you know what? For the sake of the segue, yes, it'd be a form of martyrdom. <laughs> nice. Depends on the mentality, I'd say. Exactly. Um, yeah, but the topic today is martyrdom. I'm not entirely sure how we came up with this topic, but it sounded like a good one and sounded very Catholic, and so we're like, yeah, that sounds like something good to talk about. So we're going to talk about martyrdom for 30 minutes. Yeah, so it's interesting because Zach had kind of come up with it because we were asking, like, he asked me, he goes, do you know what the difference between red and white martyrdom is? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about, Zach. I was like, is it, I was like, what? And so a lot of us, and I'm sure what you're thinking too, and this is exactly what I thought before Zach educated me, um, is when we think of martyrdom, we think of like, oh, you know, someone who is dying, losing their life for the faith. There's a lot of saints um, are martyrs and stuff, and they, they were killed in like brutal ways for the faith. And I know Zach has mentioned this to me. He was like, it'd be so cool to be a martyr. Um, and I'm like, you know, sure. Um, like, <laughs> it would be so cool. And and I, I have a, like, to me, I have a, I have a particular fear of it like i i would rather like if someone just shot me in the head i'd be like yeah that'd be fun but if someone like put me in a <laughs> like a torture box then like no and it's it, you know like that's that's just where i'm at like i'm i would have a hard time you know doing that for the Lord. but there's other things that are also considered martyrdom and it's it's the yeah. goes into red and white martyrdom that are other than dying um and definitely and i don't think it's an either or i think it's an and or type of thing most definitely. And it, I'm, I will challenge you to say that we are all – well, not challenge. What's the word I'm looking for? I will uh, – all called to. I think that's actually – I will state or I will proclaim – no, that's not no. I will, I will hereby say that, <laughs> that we are all called to martyrdom in one way or another, regardless of who you are. I don't care who you are. You are called to be a martyr. So when, and I will tell you why. Well, let's, let's go over um, the different martyrdoms, and then I have a question on that, what you just said. That's – that, that's where I was going with that. That was my train. I was, I was leaving the listeners in suspense. And then Zach now said, they have to listen to find out why they're called to be a martyr. He's like, and Anthony, answer the question. Like, you can't see him, <laughs> but he, he's looking at me like, like, you know, next thing I'm like, I have a completely different question. Nice. Cool, cool. Then let me explain. Um, <laughs> we'll go over here. There's like, I believe there's three different types of martyrdom. You've got your red martyrdom, the white martyrdom, and then like the green martyrdom, or like, I think it's either green or blue. 
There might be four kinds. I honestly don't know. Could I still need yellow. to look into what green. There could, I mean, maybe there's a yellow kind of martyrdom. Who knows? Um, but I know of only yellow. three. And I believe, I'm going to say green is the third one. I That was the only one I really saw. I need to do more research as to why it qualifies. But anyways, red martyrdom is like is the one we hear about um, often in the scriptures, you know, or the early Christian martyrs, where they are literally shedding their blood for Christ. Um, you know, they're being sent to the arena, mauled by lions, and going joyfully, you know, singing hymns yeah. and praises to the Lord as they are being killed. Um, just glorious um, praise to the Lord and dying, showing love for Christ. Um, it's really, really powerful. And then the white martyrdom is a more interior mortification. So dying to self is white martyrdom. So it could be um, some kind of nonviolent persecution. It could be... Um, even just like a, a sin or a temptation that you struggle with, if you're fighting against it and you're dying to yourself um, to stay out of sin, that could be considered white martyrdom. Um, so white martyrdom is dying to yourself interiorly. So not physically dying, but being persecuted for your faith. Um, and then green martyrdom, I think, and I don't, don't quote me on this, I'm not entirely positive if this is true or not, but green martyrdom is people who give their lives for the sake of evangelization. And so the common example is um, St. Patrick, it would be considered a green martyr because he actively chose to go into a hostile environment um, to spread the gospel and to evangelize. So the key term or the key kind of requirement for green martyrdom is evangelization. Like that is the primary goal. Um, and you give your life to that. You give your life to that evangelization. So, and so I, I think that might also be why it's called green because it's St. Patrick. But again, that's all speculation. Don't quote me on any of that. I think that makes sense. And also, I mean, you know, St. Patrick, you got the four, the three-leaf clover. I was about to say four-leaf clover. I mean, it matches with green, so you got the green martyrdom. But I think I think you explained that pretty well. So I'm, I wanted to make a distinction then, I guess, too, here, is between the between green and white and then the red martyrdom. So like green and white and versus red, where red martyrdom, like where you physically die, and then white martyrdom, where you die to self, or green martyrdom, where you, you die for, I'm going to call it die for evangelization. Um, the type of sure. thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that to shortly describe it. Um, the green and white martyrdom can happen. You can choose it multiple times in your life, and like red martyrdom happens once. Type of thing. So you've got kind of the true the the red martyrdom where it's like the one kind of final choice at the end of your well, obviously the end of your life. But then the white and green martyrdom is like a daily choice where it's like, okay, today am I going to be a martyr for the faith? Because I can die. I can die to myself for the faith one day. And then for the other day, not. So like it's a, it's a continual um, struggle all throughout life. That leads into my other question that I was going to ask you. Is you yes. said you said at the beginning we're all called to be martyrs in one way or another. So would you say that some people are not called to die for the faith, or like or would we type of thing where it's like where the Lord is like specifically? Because then it kind of sounds like the Lord maybe doesn't even want them to die for the faith. Or would you say that everybody is called, everybody is called to be a martyr and die for the faith? Maybe just not everybody fulfills that, but at the same time, no one has the chance to die for the faith. Sure. Because like, what if I if I die as like a child and I never have the chance to die for the faith? You know, where does where does that come in? It was just maybe I'm making this too complicated, but no, not at all. I think you're making a good points um, because you're you're asking like, is everyone called to physically die and shed their blood for the faith? And the answer is no. It's definitely, like, think about, um, I believe it was St. Maximilian Kolbe. Um, he was presented by 
the Virgin Mary presented him with two crowns. One was like the crown of purity, and one was the crown of martyrdom, I think. Um, and he chose both, um, ultimately. And so I think it's one of those things where it's martyrdom, red martyrdom specifically, is not um, is not for everyone. Everyone is not called to that. There are some people who are called to that who are given that grace, but that's not everyone's calling. I mean, if everyone was called to red martyrdom, that would be a lot of dead Catholics, and there would <laughs> right. be no church, you know? Um, and so there would be a church, but it wouldn't be... You need those faithful Catholics who stick around, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's why most people are called to white or green martyrdom. White martyrdom um, being something that happens, again, like every day. Um, making those choices that are countercultural, that are um, kind of opposed to the norm, which is the same thing that that was redundant. Um, <laughs> that's totally redundant. I just literally said the same thing twice with different words. Um, but yeah, making making the choice to die to yourself. Um, specifically in the face of persecution um, or potential persecution. So, you know, it could be as simple as, yeah, there's a, there's a whole variety of things and we can go into some examples, but um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, shoot, you said, so yeah, exactly. I, I've got a, I just have a couple of questions or a couple other uh, things on the red and white martyr numbers because you've mentioned Marvelous. to me, you've mentioned to me how you want to be, you're like, yeah, I would really want to be a red martyr and like die for the faith and stuff. And while I can, like I said at the beginning, I can half relate to that. Um, at the same time, I have a hard time. I like I don't have a fear of death because I'm like, oh, I know what comes after, and I think that that's a completely different topic of you know knowing what comes after and like heaven and things like that. Last things, yeah. Yeah, but having no or having the desire to say yes, I would like to suffer and die for Christ, which takes a great love, I think, uh, and I, and no. Nothing, like it's not bad if you do not have that desire because I don't. Um, but like, where, where do you think? Like, do you feel like you have a lack of fear or things like that? And do you find it maybe more difficult to die to your to die to yourself every day? And you're like, well, it wouldn't be hard for me to die physically because sometimes it's like dying physically. Like, yeah, you just boom, get it over with, and you do it once. But dying to yourself, you it happens like every day, like. Do you find one more difficult than the other? Because some people might find dying to yourself not as hard. Um, but I'm yeah. just curious kind of where you're at with that. Most definitely. So the reasoning behind, again, that desire, and I think there's there's a bit of pride in that in that desire. Um, because again, like I had mentioned, the, like, we don't choose martyrdom. The Lord presents it to us. Um, and so that needs to be, the Lord has to will it. I can't just be like, yep, going to die for the faith. That's the plan. Like that's not, that's not my call to make. Um, I do desire it, but that's the Lord. Um, and... Ultimately, the the Bible the, the Bible verse that kind of goes into that is um, the greatest love that one can have is to lay down one's life for one's friend, sort of thing, you know. And so, if you're dying for the faith, if you're physically shedding your blood um, for the faith for Jesus, then you are um, you're kind of you're you're making that that greatest act of love that you can possibly have um, for the Lord. So, you're, in a sense, for me, when I think about it, um, it's not so much that I'm like. Let me rephrase. It's when you mentioned, you kind of like presented two, two things there, like which was kind of harder, white or red martyrdom. And for me, white martyrdom is much harder, just like you said. Um, the daily, like the small sacrifices and the small persecutions are a lot harder than like the persecutions out in the open um, sort of thing, where like it's very, where you're choosing life and death um, for Christ. Like that's, that kind of choice is much different than the small choices that we make. And you know, we know that we have to be able to make those small choices 
We have to be able to sacrifice and die to ourselves in those small ways if we are going to be able to um, enter into that that greater choice, um, which is ultimately laying down laying down your life for Christ, um, making that ultimate uh, profession of love for the Lord. And that's why I don't think I'm I would be prepared to do it because I would I would be terrified. Um, I think as it would be, it's, it takes a lot of courage. And honestly, it's not courage that comes from within us. It's courage that comes from the Lord. Yeah. Um, the Lord prepares his martyrs for death. The martyrs themselves are not prepared for death. Like right, there's exactly. no way. I don't think anybody ever yeah. is. Yeah. And so that's one of those things where it's like, I know that if the Lord has this in, has this in store for me, um, then it needs to be, I need to be preparing for that by making those small sacrifices, by making those small deaths to myself. Um, out of love for the Lord so that when that time comes, I can, instead of trying to muster up courage and be like, yep, okay, here we go. I'm ready to die. I can just surrender it to the Lord and say, Lord, I've, I know that this is the greatest act of love I can make for, uh, out of love for you. And so I've said like maybe, or no, I've, I've died to myself in these little ways. And so I know that I can trust in you and that you can only bring good out of this. And that's where that would come from. The Lord then gives you the courage to enter into that. Yeah. Um, that's why like, the, the early Christian martyrs are so like, remarkable because they are like, um, one of the stories is like, um, a group of guys, I don't remember if this is, I don't remember who it was, but there was like a group of young men, I think. And this was in the, like in the height of the persecution when like Christians are dying left and right for the faith and they're going joyfully. And this group of guys, like they walk up to a Roman official or whatever. And they're like, Hey, we want to be martyred. Like we're Christians. We're openly Christian, like martyr us. We're ready. And, like they were so willing to go to their deaths and the, the Romans were like, we can't just do that. Like there, there's already too many of you dying. Like we're not like, we can't just actively go and, you know, like there was just something and they didn't end up getting martyred or whatever, but it also kind of, I think I that's think how it goes. That's, that story kind of takes, you know, the satisfaction of for the Romans out of it. Like, like, yeah, so we're going to go and give these guys the punishment because they asked for it. Uh, and they, they want it. Like in, in terms of like a bad guy, and I can see this for myself too. Like if, like, if someone, like, if someone, like, if I'm in an argument with, with someone and they, and they like, they, they kind of open the door for me, or, like, openly say, like, what I'm going to do, or, like, they predict what I'm going to do or something, then, like, my snotty remark is not, is, I have no, it's not, uh, doesn't give me any satisfaction anymore, because, like, they just said it, so the martyrs are like, yeah, go, go ahead and martyr us, like, and so the Romans are like, well, man, dang it, <laughs> like, it's kind of yeah. like reverse psychology, and honestly, Exactly. And in that situation, in a sense, they were looking for the easy way out. They were looking for that easy, glorious death um, to prove their love for the Lord. But in that case, the Lord had um, a harder path maybe in store for them because they were then called to that white martyrdom maybe, um, where they were called instead to continue living and sacrifice daily, make those small decisions and keep the faith alive and pass that on through evangelization, um, which in a way might even be harder than red martyrdom because it's a daily sacrifice. And you're right. And what's kind of interesting is you, you, what you brought up too is to be able to even get to red martyrdom, you kind of have to have white or green martyrdom because they're like, like you said, like you can't, you, the only way you have to go is to like, Hey, I'm a Catholic, but, but you have to be a practicing Catholic for anyone who is, you know, that who's going to be really mad and want to, you know, end your life because you're a Catholic. You have to be a practicing Catholic and you have to be dying for the Lord daily for them to really care. Because they're not going to care if you know you're a lukewarm Catholic, and they look at you and they're like, "Well, whatever." Like they're not. That they won't Catholic take you seriously. Is, yeah, that Catholic's not a threat to us. So you know that white martyrdom 
kind of builds you up to to the red martyrdom. And you know, of course, everyone who here lives in America doesn't have a lot of uh, opportunities. And I don't want to say unfortunately doesn't have a lot of opportunities, but just doesn't have a lot of opportunities to have that red martyrdom because it's a free country. And so thank you know, thank goodness for that that we have the the freedom of faith. But yes, there's a, there's something else something else that comes into it where where when that freedom exists. Um, people are less motivated to have to die to themselves and to really make those sacrifices because they're just like, oh yeah, like I'm chilling, like like it's okay. Same thing, like like kind of. Here's a great example, like like for me, I am a skinny person and no matter what I eat, nothing happens, like nothing. And so like <laughs> for me, I'm like yeah, whatever, I can eat as unhealthy as I want to because I have zero consequences. But like for someone who maybe struggles. Uh, with you know with weight some some stuff, they have a much better willpower than I do of what they want to eat because like hey I'm like like you know I don't I don't want to eat this because like this consequence could happen. With those people who are oppressed and everything, have much more of a almost an incentive to be like okay I want to really practice the faith because because they they see all of the the benefits from it they see the benefits of and the spiritual graces from dying to themselves. Rather than like when it's in a free country, you're just like, oh yeah, like nothing really happens either way. So, so kind of like why, why do it? And of course, there is persecution emotionally and stuff that happens mm-hmm. uh, and mentally through through words and vocally uh, here. But I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, and I'd like to, I'd love to break that open just a little bit more as to like why we should desire, uh, or maybe not desire, but why we should um, be open to martyrdom, yeah. whether it be white, red, white or red. I think specifically in this case. Uh, green, I still need to do some more research on and figure out what specifically makes it different than white martyrdom. Yeah, um, it's just like, but this. like it's one of those things where number one, we know again that because Christ suffered and died, He has then brought about good from suffering and has allowed us to unite our suffering to His, which is a good thing. So that's one reason. Um, and then the second is like, from death comes new life, and this is something that I've been praying about a lot lately. Is just when we when we die to ourselves we allow, we surrender to the Lord, we surrender whatever it is to the Lord, and we allow the Lord to then raise that back to life. We allow the Lord to raise us back up. And so when we surrender something to the Lord, it can only come back better. Um, The Lord can only bless it and make it good and make it great, you know? And so that's why kind of those white, that white martyrdom, again, sanctifies you um, because you're, if you're entering into it willingly, you're surrendering it to the Lord, you're Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to die in some way, and the Lord then to raise you back up, to give you new life through that death. And so even things like um, when it comes to evangelization, um, nowadays, so like it's so cheesy and so cliche, but like actions speak louder than words, I guess is the most like is a very, very common term. And it's as corny as it is. It is honestly true in this regard in today's day and age yeah. where words don't have as much of an impact as they did Um modern man doesn't respond to obligatory language anymore. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit next week. Um, and we'll talk about, we'll give oh. a little bit of a sneak peek at the end, but um, that's that example, living by example and di- being faithful to your, to your calling and um, ultimately to being open to dying to yourself is the best witness that you can give to someone who has fallen away from the faith or has not yet um, received Christ um, by being authentic in your faith and being willing to sacrifice you're dying to yourself, you're surrendering it to the Lord, and the Lord is raising you back to new life. And when someone sees that, they can't, they are witnessing that death and resurrection. Um, and so that's, again, that's like the best way to evangelize, I would say, in this day and age, is by witnessing 
to Christ's death and resurrection by dying to ourselves and letting the Lord raise us up again. Because, and you're right, they, 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 when you, like you said, with evangelizing and stuff like that, with, with, through your sacrifices, I could see somebody like putting myself in the, in the shoes of somebody who's maybe fallen away, who looks at a, maybe someone who, let's say, let's pretend it's Lent. Here's an obvious example of um, white martyrdom sacrifice. Let's say it's Lent and you have, uh, on the Friday, you're not eating meat and, and you're even more, let's say it's Ash Wednesday and you're eating your, your two small meals, you're fasting. And someone looks at you and they're like, what is so good to make them be able to deny themselves and make that sacrifice? Like what, what is like looking at them like, why, why are they so inspired to make, to make that sacrifice? Like who, who would they do that for? And kind of like look into it and be like, and then like you said, it points them back to the greatest sacrifice that Jesus made for us was laying down his life for his sheep, for his friends and for yeah, for everyone to, to save us from our sins. Mm-hmm. And it really points them to that and kind of shows some little, you know, little sneak peeks of it. For sure. And I just want to make a clarifying point there. That is a great example of dying to self, but that's not necessarily a form of martyrdom um, because martyrdom has to do with persecution. So white martyrdom in this, so like while we're talking about kind of sure. like death in general, um, death to self and physical death, martyrdom specifically pertains to dying to self because you're being persecuted. Um, so again, so like red martyrdom, you're dying because you are professing your faith. Um, white martyrdom, you are being persecuted, maybe not violently, but you are being persecuted for your faith. Um, so that's that's where we, we have to kind of like distinguish that there. While dying to self is in itself um, a great practice and a great way um, to sanctify yourself and not to sanctify, like whatever, you know what I'm talking about. It's a great um, way to practice holiness. Um, and to offer that sacrifice to the Lord, that is not necessarily martyrdom because martyrdom requires persecution. Okay, interesting. I'm glad I actually made that distinction because I was a little confused when you explained it the first part. I totally thought uh, okay. you were talking about um, just like death, death to self, uh, which actually makes, like that's from the, from the first part when you explained what white martyrdom to me, that was what I thought. Um, oh, so good, shoot, okay. So good distinction there. Um, so we're kind of talking about like, like if you know, and we're talking about like death in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're and we're talking about that in terms of white martyrdom, you know, and this this kind of borders on the line of green martyrdom. You know, we don't really know what we're talking about there with green martyrdom. We'll but, do some more research. We'll come back. Yeah, if you're saying, you know, if you're if you're using social media to be able to spread spread the Lord, and you're getting kind of hammered for that, um, you know, there's you know they've got the Catholic jacks um, through up there at NAU. They've got their their TikTok, and they also have their their podcasts and stuff. And so, and then they totally. Um, get hammered. And I remember I actually got one time I hammered, but from a comment that I made trying to, to explain some, something about Catholicism or answering a question. And I got hammered in the, in the comment section. And so I'm just like, okay, like that makes more sense of, you know, what white is and people coming in and, and persecuting you emotionally. And I could even say like there's some people who they've been physically um, persecuted who didn't, yeah. then but didn't die from it type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, physically and emotionally and mentally and stuff like that, that makes complete sense now. Yeah, exactly. And I think like maybe an example of this, and I could be, I'm trying to think like even, I think Mother Teresa is a good example of white martyrdom um, because, and I think she's she's a good example of how that martyrdom then inspired others. Like yeah. no one can say with that, with that, like no one can say that she was not an inspiration. Um, the yeah. acts that she performed were so good. Uh, like there was no denying that, um, but she did get flack, 
you know, and she was um, maybe um, persecuted in some ways because of the way she lived, because of, because of the way she, yeah, because of her faith. Um, but she was never martyred sort of thing. And so she might be an example of um, a white martyr. Um, I'm trying to think of other saints, but we'll maybe it's, do some research, find some examples of white martyrs. It's interesting, like, like you said, um, that, that she was a like, white martyr, that she got flack from it. But she also, in addition to that, like the Lord, you know, put her in that, that position. She was such, like you said, she, nobody could say she was an inspiration. She was, you could just look up Mother Teresa on YouTube. There's so many interviews of her. There's so many things of her being in that position to be able to, to spread the, the message of the Lord and the love of the Lord to so many people through her good works. And so there's so many blessings that come from white martyrdom as well. And I, most definitely, as we're getting near to our time, I wanted to, now that we, now that we both of us have, now that I have a full understanding of you, what white martyrdom is, because <laughs> I was going to say at the beginning, like, Hey, we should give some examples of you know, like what white martyrdom is. Cause you know, obviously we're all called to, to be martyrs and to, and I think the best way to start is through white martyrdom. Um, cause I wanted to mention two, th- two last things is that one, I think, um, since it deals with persecution, you, there's a, there's a, fine line between seeking out martyrdom and being annoying to the point where you get persecuted for it. So there's where you, yes. where you just are like shoving your the faith on someone who is closed off at that time and just like doing it in an annoying way or maybe not a Christ-like way that gets you persecuted. Um, so while, while you're, you know, you're getting persecuted and stuff, it wasn't the best way to go about it. I don't have a specific example um, of it, of, of that type of thing. Yeah. But, where we, we want to go out and seek martyrdom, but we want to, we want to wait till the Lord gives us an opportunity for it to come and type of thing. So we should not, we shouldn't seek martyrdom. I want to clarify that real quick. We shouldn't be seeking martyrdom. We can desire martyrdom, but again, martyrdom comes from the Lord. Martyrdom is a grace. Right. That's um, what I said. So, like, we should got to wait till it comes. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I was like, we, we, yeah. we got to wait till it comes. And then we have that, since we have that desire, we're like, okay, Correct. Um, we're waiting for it sure. to come to the Lord and he gives us that opportunity. Gotcha. And maybe a good way to kind of illustrate that is like, if you're living an authentic life, persecution will come. Um, so like the first step then of course is living an authentic life an open authentic life, um, where people can see that you're Catholic. That's the first step. And then from that, the Lord will present us with opportunities for martyrdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Nice. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say about that, but I can't recall. Um, but yeah, oh, think of- the other oh, one was like, when you look at the martyr saints, like there's such an inspiration to the faith. Um, and that's, again, that's ties into the evangelization aspect of it. Um, when you are a witness in that way, it inspires people. Um, it's, it evangelizes in a way that words never could. So, yeah. um, just something to think about. You get those, sto- yeah, the, sto- the stories are spread. It's there. Um, so yeah, be, be open to martyrdom. I think that's kind of what we, what our, our kind of main point was today is to be open to the different types of martyrdom and seeing that grace has come in all the pains and all the sufferings that we do experience, they're there. Uh, you just gotta be open to, to the Lord granting them to you and be and be open to the graces that come right after them, that come during them as well. Mm-hmm. So be open to Go about week. it with joy, go about it with love, because ultimately it's from the Lord um, and he only wants your good. So yeah. if he's throwing persecutions your way, if he's throwing hardships your way, it's for a good reason. Um, and he only wants to bring good out of it. So if you love the Lord in that and you keep him close and he holds you close, then you know, you can be joyful throughout. Exactly. Yeah. So be praying, praying for everyone who's maybe going through, who's about to, 
who is going through a hard time or a suffering time or time for like an opportunity for martyrdom and uh, yeah, pray, pray for all those that they would accept it and to accept their cross and carry it for the Lord. And especially for other people in other parts of the world who are facing red martyrdom. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's so many Christians every day who die for the faith that don't get talked about and aren't and aren't known um, only to the Lord. And so we just pray for pray for all of them and that the Lord would grant them courage. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So as we're talking about prayers, you know, Zach prayers okay. for uh, prayer requests. Yes. Um, prayers for Ben. Just had his wisdom teeth pulled, so speedy recovery for Ben. He had five um, and a half of them pulled. That's crazy. A lot of yeah. wisdom. And um, for prayers for Nick as well, yesterday was his birthday. Well, so yesterday when you guys hear this, um, the 18th was his birthday, so prayers for Nick. And so today, technically. Yes, actually today. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I, I keep thinking that it's, yeah, whatever. My timing is off, but prayers for Nick. And there's something other, there's another tension. I can't remember what it was. Um, whatever that other intention was, the Lord knows what it was. Nice. Um, and then I just, and for you? yeah, I just prayer requests for me. Um, <laughs> I was like, do I just go? Um, is, you know, going through the process of applying to the seminary. I should probably give you guys an update on that. Just had a board meeting um, for that oh, yeah. and everything. So, th- so I have one more meeting with the bishop that uh, I don't know. What, I don't know when that's going to happen though. Um, so that's going. So prayers for me to ha- continue to have strength and to continue to follow the Lord's will. And prayers for my family. A lot of a uh, lot of school changes and just things that are are going on there that they you know walk in different paths of life. And just as we're all growing up, there's a thousand of us that are growing up. So prayers for all of them as well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, cool. And then real quick, sneak peek for uh, next week. Next week is going to be a big freaking episode, y'all. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm not going to tell you who we're going to have on the podcast, but you're going to want to listen to it. It's going to be amazing. Um, We are going to be talking about Christendom and apostolic mission and how and the world we live in now and how we are not in christendom but an apostolic age and it's a lot of good fun and you will find out more that was an incredibly vague and confusing sneak peek but you will find out more it's a freaking awesome topic and we can't wait to share it with you guys fantastic well say so stay tuned in for next week and we'll see y'all then we love y'all sounds good peace peace Mm -hmm.